welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Spiraling Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Wallace. I got my friend, my buddy, my new pal, Chelsea Casciola with me. Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. I think this is like four episodes in a row now where Jason has not been on. So <laughs> I think the uh, the listeners are starting to kind of ask a couple of questions, but we'll just leave that be in the comment section down below. But thank you again for joining us uh, on such short notice again. But we have a, a brand new guest, actually Chelsea. Uh, booked this guest and brought brought her along. It's a good friend of hers. Her name is Katie Chrome. Katie, how are you today? I'm doing great. Did I say your last name right? Chrome? 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 Yes, you did. Chrome. 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 Oh, yes. I got it. Sometimes I'm a little weird with names <laughs> and have problems with pronunciation and stuff like that, but I'm so glad that I got it right. Um, so super happy to have you here on the show. Chelsea told me a little bit about you, um, but I'm hoping maybe you can... Tell us and our listeners just kind of a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, I am a single mom. I am a full-time student. I'm going into radiology. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm in recovery and I just live life that way. <laughs> Very cool. You said single mom. So um, uh, how many kids do you have? I just have one. Just one. Is it a boy or girl? A little girl. Little. Oh, that is just precious. That's precious as well. I know Chelsea. She has. She has her little son. And he. By the way, I'm sure you've seen him before. Dude is hilarious. Okay. Shout out to James on the on the Spiraling Podcast show. Every time I come into Houston and I get to visit and, and hang out at Jason's house, I see I see James. He's just running around. Just I don't know. He's he's being funny. Anyway, so shout out to shout out to he's Jay. a mess. He is, but he, he's funny. Um, okay, so little girl, what's her name? I mean, again, if you don't want to, I'm sorry. Her name is Rosalind. Rosalind. It's a pretty name. It's a pretty you. name. How old's Rosalind? She is. About 19 months now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So real little. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, that that's fantastic. So single mom, you, you said you're a full-time student as well. What are you, and you're studying radiology. So how, how, uh, how is all of that? Cause that's way too smart and, and, and uh, <laughs> insane for me. I was not very good at science. Yeah. Um, well, I'm still kind of in the beginning, so I'm in, okay taking a lot of anatomy and physiology classes and mm. they're uh, pretty difficult, but manageable, I guess. <laughs> so it's like when you're going into radiology, is that, is that too stuck? Uh, forgive me for my ignorance again with, with, uh, <clears throat> with radiology and such, but are you you're trying to become like a nurse or, or are you, you like a tech or what was, what was going on there? Yeah. So it's basically an x-ray technician. Gotcha people who do x-rays yeah oh, okay awesome well that's very nice very, I've, every time i've had an x-ray they're always very nice people so <laughs> <laughs> well, every every once in a while if you have to get an x-ray um successfully hopefully uh, no broken bones so far knock on wood um my brother's had a couple and they've been kind of gruesome i guess but anyway moving on from that okay so chelsea's told me a little bit about your story and uh, mentioned that, um, and, and again, if, if we get into this, I've, I've told her this before, guys, on the pot, on the show, but if we get to any territory where it's a little too uncomfortable or whatever, just tell me to shut up. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you really can tell me. I don't care. Um, and, and I'll stop. I do it all the time, so it's fine. She does. She does. She also does it to Evan <laughs> quite a bit. But um, oh, yeah. so she mentioned that you had an eating disorder 
Um, I'm wondering maybe if you could tell us a little bit about about that, which is it, because I know there's a couple different types. I'm hoping maybe you can clarify that for us. Yeah, so I have kind of, I guess, dabbled in a few different types of eating disorders, but um, I, the main thing that I struggled with was anorexia. So I would starve myself, I would restrict myself from meals. um, And yeah, that's kind of what I lived. Kind of what you looked anorexia okay yeah so that so so pretty much starving yourself and um, restricting um, the amount of food that you intake when did this start for you so it started after I graduated high school um, okay. I I always kind of had a lot of thoughts and obsessed or obsessive thoughts about uh, my body and wanting to lose weight but I never acted on them um, really until I got out of high school. And I started uh, experimenting with drugs and realized that it kind of suppressed my hunger and realized that I started losing weight. And, um, and it just kind of, I guess, escalated from there. Um, and when I got sober, I had put on some weight and, um, so the obsessiveness kind of came back full force and, um, but the, I, I think the, when it really got bad was after I had my kid, mm-hmm. um, because I had gained so much weight from being pregnant sure. and, um, and I just, I was so fixated on having to lose that weight and it just kind of, it's, it's a progressive thing. And so it started out with just, you know, not eating one meal and then like just kind of kept getting progressive. And once I started losing weight, it was hard to stop losing weight. And yeah. Um, yeah. So started you say started right after high school do you know or and this might be a hard moment to kind of pinpoint but do you know um exactly maybe it's not necessarily the reason why or maybe kind of what triggered it was it is it psychological and again forgive me for my ignorance for this but is it just is it like a psychological thing is it did you have a moment where someone said something or what kind of started that whole um that process Yeah. So when I was a kid, um, so my mom has been kind of overweight, uh, my entire life. And so it it kind of, I always had this fear in my head that I don't want to turn out like that. And like in my head, I told myself that if you're overweight, like you're not good enough for your failure or, you know, whatever my head told me at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I, graduated high school, I actually went to a boarding school. And so, um, I had gained a lot of weight in there, uh, from medication and just eating a lot. And, um, I, when I got out, I realized how much weight I had gained. Yeah. Just that fear of, okay, if you're overweight, you're a failure. Um, just kind of, 
came in the front of my mind. And so I felt like I had I had to fix it. Gotcha. Those saucers kind of creeping up inside of your head. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned your mother. I'm wondering, did um, your parents ever know, suspect or did you confide in them that you were dealing with um, this problem? Yeah, so they really my eating disorder was kind of, I guess, slow at first where it wasn't super noticeable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after I had my kid, it was just really noticeable. And my parents realized that I had lost a lot of weight in a short amount of time. And um, and I have a counselor. And so my counselor also pointed it out and just everything about me during that time when I was acting out um, Mm -hmm. and like restricting I was a completely different person. I, um, I didn't have like the energy to even take care of my kid and like everything kind of went downhill for me and it was just very noticeable. Um, and that was when my parents talked to me about how, um, they noticed that I'm not eating a lot or that I've lost a lot of weight. And, um, and that was kind of what got me into recovery and seeing, a therapist and a dietitian. Um, so yeah, they did, they did notice it a lot towards the end. Gotcha. So I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure out the timeline in my head. Um, Chelsea, when did you meet Katie or when did, when did you guys become friends? So we were, um, I don't know how much you want me to disclose. I mean, hey, it, dang, we're, <laughs> but so want. I, uh, one of the facilities that I actually was program director for, um, okay. uh, Katie landed on my doorstep, um, and actually was one of my clients about three years ago. Um, so that was kind of the first, um, introductory. She was a little punk kid, uh, that <laughs> didn't want to listen to anybody or follow the rules. Uh, but for some reason, God definitely, uh, allowed us to have a very special connection. Uh, there were many nights where, you know, we'd stay up talking about God and, and, you know, she had a lot of questions about faith and, and what that meant for her and her recovery. Um, she'd gone through some pretty traumatic events that would leave anybody kind of questioning God. And, um, so we would talk through those and, um, it was just one of those situations where I got to love on someone that really couldn't love on themselves. Um, and so we kept in contact over the years. Um, I think it was maybe two years ago, <laughs> we were both at a Jonas Brothers concert and like saw on Facebook that one another was there. So we like met up. And, um, so that was, you know, and, and again, you know, I kind of kept up with her as a dis- from a distance. I knew that she had had her um, little girl Roz. Um, and then I actually started dating her cousin. And so it was kind of funny <laughs> because that go. just kind of inner circle continued to, you know, keep each other um, in one another's lives. And so, um, but definitely someone that I truly admire. Um, you know, I love when I get to be a part of someone's growth and, and be an instrument in their story. So I definitely, whether it be up close, um, and personal or from the sidelines, um, you know, I've kind of gotten to see, you know, her across the spectrum with, you know, drug and alcohol addiction, and then the in and out of the eating disorder, um, you know, struggles, the, the trauma struggles. So I've gotten to kind of see that progression and that, um, that growth over the last three years. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, so, uh, Katie, I'm wondering, cause Chelsea mentioned some, some traumatic experiences and again, you don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about, but I'm wondering if maybe you'd like to share maybe one of those with us. 
Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest traumatic experiences for me, um, Oh man. Um, so when I graduated high school, um, and I started really experimenting with drugs, uh, I started dating this guy. Um, and he was a full blown drug addict and did all the drugs you could think of. Um, and I was super attached to him. I, and it, it was so toxic, but, um, I, just was so afraid of being alone. And so I accepted so much, um, bad things from him. Um, and new year's 2017, um, he shot himself and, um, yeah. And so, and that was one of the hardest things that I probably have been through. Um, and one of the biggest times where I questioned God the most, um, just because I didn't understand why or how my, like God would do that or allow that to happen in my life. Um, and I, it wasn't until after, um, much after that I started realizing like there was, some growth and that for me, like if he, you know, if that wouldn't have happened, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and, and it's crazy to think that because I remember during that time, I would have never thought that, uh, that I, you know, would see it in that kind of light, but yeah. Yeah. But with, uh, experience comes wisdom, unfortunately sometimes. So, um, so you had that you had I'm, I'm so sorry that happened by the way that sounds absolutely terrible um at that moment in time 2017 and you mentioned three years ago chelsea that you guys had met is that kind of around the time frame for where you right after is that when you met chelsea yes i okay. i met her in i believe june 2017 gotcha did you have again a personal question did you have did that event cause a relapse or a continuation of your eating disorder? Um, I don't, or maybe it wasn't the direct cause, but yeah, I don't really know. Um, I think that there was just a lot of things that were going on in my life at that time that were not positive, um, because of that. And so it's kind of hard to pinpoint like, specifically my eating disorder. I think there was just everything in my life was chaotic at that time. Yeah. And so would you say that the eating disorder felt almost like a bit of something you can control? Like it was just something that you could go back to and that it was with all the stuff going on in your life at that moment, it was something, almost something tangible that you could hold. Yes. Basically. hundred percent. I, I felt like that was the only sense of control that I had over my life at that time. Yeah. Um, Chelsea. So you guys met up at the, uh, at the, um, at the center, what kind of things do, or did you guys do? And does the center continue to do to help eating disorder patients and, and people like Katie? Um, so I think at the time, um, we were a fairly new operation here in Houston. It's actually a facility that, that localized out of Los Angeles. Um, and we predominantly did deal with substance abuse predominantly, um, 
but you know, there was coexisting, there was other, um, things that, you know, people would come to us for. So it was, it was an outpatient, I mean, it was a sober living facility basically. Um, but it was staffed 24 seven. Um, and so there was, it it was very individualized as far as what the, um, the co-occurring issue was, um, specifically for eating disorders. You know, uh, one of the things that we tried to encourage with Katie and I, and I think it, it takes a great level of willingness. Um, I don't know, um, Jackson, if you remember, you know, the podcast that we did on sex addiction, you yes. know, it was something that I could relate back to eating disorders because it's the only two things that are so organic. You can't live life without sex. You can't live life without food. Yeah. Um, so there has to be this healthy um, acceptance of it in your life. Um, and if you're an addict, um, you know, a sex addict or um, suffer from an eating disorder anywhere on the spectrum, you're kind of having to basically reorchestrate your life and your relationship development with those, those substances. So, um, you know, it's definitely, uh, very individualized. Like I talked about in the previous podcast when we did discuss sex addiction, but I think for Katie, she was kind of at a, at a point where she was just getting sober from drugs and alcohol. Um, and so she realized that there was this other issue that she was facing. I don't know that there was a huge level of willingness at that point to really deal with it right then and there, which is completely understandable. I mean, there, you know, when you get sober, they tell you not to stop smoking cigarettes because you've already stopped, you know, drugs and alcohol, like just focus on one. Um, so I think that I don't think it was until after the fact, um, that she started to really, I I don't even think that you really identified with Katie until we started the mentorship and, you know, then it started becoming something that was in discussion, um, and then just putting together a plan of action. Right. And so the biggest thing with, um, any, you know, recovery process is accountability, but especially with, with eating disorders and it takes a great deal of willingness and, and, um, giving up that control to have the accountability that it takes to be successful in that kind of recovery. Um, I know that since that initial start process, you know, she talks about, you know, what the aftermath of, of having Rosalind was, um, and kind of relapsing in that thought process. And it, it is something that, you know, there are a lot of people that, especially previous clients that I've worked with and and kind of seen over the years that it's one of those that it's very easy to relapse into. Um, and so it it takes a great deal of accountability and a support system, um, you know, on all accounts, uh, for that. So it's just, you know, as far as the, that specific facility, you know, one of the things we did is individualized, uh, accountability, um, you know, a lot of one-on-ones encouragement, um, you know, building up and educating their own support systems, um, and things like that. Very, very cool. Very cool. I like the individualized approach. I think it's kind of, it's hard to kind of treat stuff like that across a broad spectrum. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's had different experiences and different things that they've had in their life. So I think individualized is kind of the way to go. So I'm, I'm super glad that that, that happened. Uh, and Chelsea, you mentioned a support system, but Katie, I'm wondering what is, is your support system now? What kind of helped you through that? Um, do you have any uh, go-to strategies I guess, if you will, seems like a weird word to say, but you go to things that you would do to uh, uh, just to kind of help yourself through through those times. Yeah. So I have a pretty big support system, actually. Um, I have a therapist. I have a dietitian um, or I guess nutritionist. Um, I have a sponsor. I have an active 
working relationship with God. Um, and you know, in terms of tools that I use, um, when I'm struggling or I just need something, I, I do like to meditate a lot. Um, and yoga is actually one of the biggest things that I love to do to just kind of free my mind and get grounded. Um, and, and just also like whenever I'm really going through it, um, I call my sponsor like anytime, um, and just have someone to talk to and help work me through it, whatever I'm dealing with. That's good. I'm glad that you have a, a, a very vast support system. I think that's important. Um, and I, in, in my in my knowledge that I've gained talking with Chelsea, talking with Jason, talking with some of our other guests, you know, these disorders, these addictions, they, they never leave you, right? It's an ever ongoing battle and it's something that a support system is it's necessary to to combat um so i'm super glad super glad for that and chelsea we mentioned before on a couple of other podcasts about stigmas that come with um we talked about mental health before and now according obviously eating disorders um <laughs> Again, loaded question. I always hit you with it every single time. But how do and maybe you can help? Maybe you can help, Katie. How do we combat some of those stigmas that come attached with eating disorders? I mean, I'm gonna go back to the same answer I always do, and Please. it comes down to education. Um, one of the things that I loved about the facility that I worked out with with Katie was I got to be a part of the educational piece of the parents or loved ones, and so I actually. Um, got a very uh, close relationship with Katie's parents, uh, more so than some of my other clients. Um, <laughs> love her parents <laughs> to death. Um, and they, you know, and, and it comes down to every parent wants the best for their kid. Uh, how they go about that is not always the right way when we're dealing with something that's considered the unknown. Um, sure. So I think that it, it it's a huge, you know, there were times that I would tell parents, you're going to love your kid into the grave. And it's, it's hard to hear. It's hard to say to a parent, especially now being a parent myself, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but at the end of the day, if you're not going to take the strategies that it takes to, to love an addict, um, and support them in their recovery at all costs, you know, that's the end result, you know, we're told when we get sober, you know, it, it, if you don't do recovery, you end up in jails, institutions and death. Um, and so that's, that's the unforeseeable future, if you will, um, if you don't stick with it. So education is always my go-to when it comes to breaking the stigma, um, just because you don't know what you don't know. Um, sure. and I can't, I can't speak on something that I don't know about. I can't live out something that I don't know nothing anything about. So, um, if I can educate myself and really under understand, you know, the fundamentals, um, you know, what addiction truly is, you know, the chemical imbalance it being, um, addressed and, and, and recognized as a true disease, um, whether it's eating disorder, sex addiction, uh, substance abuse, um, all of those different aspects are a, a true disease. Um, you know, it's not a matter, um, of just saying no, or just eating a meal or, you know, not having sex with said person, you know, it, it goes so much beyond that. And I think that's where the stigma starts is we tend to capitalize something on a fundamental level that we can understand from our own personal perspective. Um, and if you haven't suffered through addiction or been affected by it directly, you're not going to understand 
understand uh, that it goes beyond that substance. It goes into the secrecy. It goes into the lying. It goes into the double life. Um, it goes into so many different attributes that, that surround addiction, not just the substance. Um, so, uh, very long answer short, uh, <laughs> education, educate yourself. There's so many things out there, especially today, much more than 10 years ago when I got sober. Um, I'm grateful to continue to be a part of educating, uh, people, um, and being a part of the solution. Uh, Katie knows that I'm all about the solution. Um, and I always will continue to be, because I think that's where we, we find our gratitude. That's where we find hope. That's where we move forward together, um, and encouragement and support. So, um, yeah. Very good. I, I, Katie, I hit her with that question (laughs) every time, every single time, (laughs) but she, but she gives such a good answer. And I think it's very important that even if somebody's listening, you know, regardless of somebody's an avid listener to our show, if they listen to every single episode or if they just tune in on this one, I think it's a message that it's whenever Chelsea's here, she uh, gives it so eloquently that I think whoever it is, even if this is that one person on this that one episode that happens to tune in, they need to hear it. So um, that's why we go with that one. Um, anyway, so this so this episode is going to be coming out on National Eating uh, Disorder uh, Awareness Week, right? So it's going to be coming out toward, right towards mid February, guys. Hope you guys have having a lovely Valentine's Day, by the way. Um, <laughs> At the time of recording this, it's a little bit before, but um, so I'm wondering, Katie, we mentioned, Chelsea mentioned education is super important. It's, uh, it is a way to help other people understand what is one thing that if you could give out some knowledge, help educate some people, what is one thing that you would tell our listeners or anybody else that's listening to the show? Um, uh a piece uh, from yourself that you would like to educate them on? What's one thing you wish they knew? So I guess for me, I, I lived in denial of Mm -hmm. my eating disorder for a really long time because I always thought that like when I thought of an eating disorder, I thought of like the person who is skin and bones in the hospital, like dying. Like I thought that that's what it was. Um, and I never got to that point. And so I was in denial of having an eating disorder for a really long time. And I kept living this life, um, going through this cycle, um, until it got to a point where it was super noticeable, but it doesn't have like, not all eating disorders look the same, um, by any means. And I think that's one of the hardest things, um, that, I, at least I struggled with for a long time with actually working on it and getting help was because I didn't like, I didn't really know much about eating disorders except for the very worst case scenarios. Um, so I think that, you know, it's just, I mean, it goes back to education, right. As far as like knowing there are tons of different eating disorders and they all look different in every person. Yeah. And it's more commonplace than, than one might think, right? It's not just the extreme cases in the hospitals that maybe you see on a TV show or something. It's, yeah. you know, it's, um, I don't know the statistics off the top of my head or have them in front of me, but it's, uh, it's a lot more common than a lot of people would think out there. Okay. Very, very good. Well, um, I'm wondering, so as we're kind of wrapping it up, wrapping it all up together here, I'm wondering, what are you doing now? What's going on with Katie? Um, how are you, um, living and fulfilling through, uh, your life? What you got going um, on? And well, 
I loaded question. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's full of them. I'm famous for this. You know, I I would like to say that for the most part, I'm I'm doing really good, and I um, life is always up and down. Um, I don't think life is ever just constant. Um, and you know, right now I am dealing with a lot of. Um, issues when it comes to my child and father and, um, you know, and something that I've been working really hard on recently, um, actually comes back to my eating disorder with, um, whenever I feel emotions, I like to act out in my eating disorder because it numbs me. I feel numb. I don't feel emotions. And, um, and so I've just been really working hard to, not do that and use my tools. Um, and yeah, but I mean, overall though, um, life is, is fairly, fairly good. Um, and and feel a lot more freedom today than I ever have in my life. So that's good. That's the goal. All we got to do is just kind of keep pushing through one step at a time. And you got Chelsea here to help you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always a good thing. Well, Chelsea, I mean, I am I, I, I'm full out of questions. Uh, I'm wondering, did you have anything before we kind of wrapped up? Yeah. So I know the two most important things to you um, are definitely your relationship with God and your relationship with Rosalind. Um, watching you become a mom has been so fun. Um, so I want and I think I already know the answer because you and I discuss it, you know, on our free time. But you know, how does your relationship with God, you know, kind of encourage your relationship as a mom? Um, wow. That's... We just keep hitting her with so many questions, Chelsea. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I think that, I mean, one if I didn't have my relationship that I have with God today, um, I would not be the mom that I am today. And I would not be just the person that I am today. Um, and you know, um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how, um, to really answer that. How is it? No, I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, and the reason that I ask is I've just kind of seen the development of your relationship with God over the years, you know, the nights of kind of staying up and having your, your doubts and, and, and your faith and, and in God and, and to now, you know, letting that be how you be a parent, um, you know, it's definitely a beautiful transition, um, you know, and it's ever evolving. Um, so, I mean, I think it's important to kind of, you know, utilize both relationships within one another. So, you know, it's definitely something that is constantly on my mind of how I'm allowing my relationship with God to affect me being a parent. And it's something I ask myself all the time too. Um, but you know, and so then I guess my follow-up question is, you know, what is your relationship with food like today and how does that affect like your emotional recovery? So, um, in terms of my relationship with food today, it has been so much better than it's ever been in my entire life. Even as a kid, um, I 
don't label foods as good or bad. Um, and I can eat something without feeling guilty for it. Um, and that was like one of the biggest things that I struggled with was if I ever ate fast food or any type of dessert, like I would feel like I just gained five pounds and which is not true. It's not realistic, (laughs) you know, my eating disorder talking to me and, um, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't get fleeting thoughts here and there still today. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like we've said, like eating disorders and just any disorders stick with you forever. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have control over me anymore. And I can have a healthy relationship with food where I can eat whatever I want and still feel okay. Like I don't feel like a bad person. Um, and um, and emotionally, you know, I, I kind of said about how, whenever I'm struggling or feel any type of emotions, I like to resort back to restricting because I felt numb during that time. Um, and so just combating that with not like just using my tools and, um, you know, I don't, if I have a fleeting thought, I don't stick on it. Like I move, I distract myself with something to get my mind off of it. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. How often do you, or how often are you in contact with your dietitian, with your, your sponsor, um, with your support system? Um, you know, uh, how often are you in contact with them? So I talk to my sponsor at least once a week. Okay. Um, if life is getting crazy, it'll be more than once a week, but um, consistently once a week. And, um, my dietitian, I see her once a month now. Um, I, I started off in early recovery, or I guess I'm still technically early recovery, but, um, towards the very beginning, I saw her weekly, but, um, now that I'm more stable, um, I see her once a month still. And, um, my therapist, I see her every other week. Gotcha. What were the uh, dietitian's uh, recommendations at the very beginning of your early recovery? What was what were the kind of things that she was saying to you? So um, I got put on a meal plan, right? Um, I had no idea how to take care of my body in the right way um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to food, because I've been, you know, acting out on all this unhealthy behavior with food. And so um, and, and it wasn't like the first day I went in there, she just like bombarded me with like, you have to eat all of this food, like starting today. Like it sure, wasn't sure Yeah, it like, you know, you ease into it, but, um, I mean, the biggest thing that we work on and that she taught me in the beginning is, um, just how to have a healthy relationship with food and not like, and being realistic. I think that, uh, for me mentally, I come up with all of these thoughts and scenarios of what I think are true as far as like, you know, like if I eat a dessert, I just gained a pound, right? Like that's not realistic. Um, and so she, at the beginning, it was just a lot of like kind of drilling in my head, like realistic things about food and life and, um, like what's real and what's my made up brain, you know? (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was just curious because as we kind of kept kept going, I was like, well, how often how often do you guys talk and what, what, what exactly is, is kind of the messaging behind that? Because I think that's that's super, super important. Yeah. All right. Very, very good. Well, Katie, thank you so much. 
for hopping on the show. We really do appreciate it. I know you were a little nervous in the beginning, but I think as we kind of got on with the conversation, you kind of lightened up a little bit more, loosened up a little bit. So I thought that was, I thought you did a really, really good job. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Chelsea, of course, thank you for hopping on again. I, I say it once, I say it again. We're putting in a petition. She's going to replace you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're this, this, this is what we're doing. So, but guys, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Spiraling Podcast. You can find us where all podcasts can be heard Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Just go ahead and look us up. Um, also, we upload on YouTube every single week, youtube.com slash spiraling. Uh, go ahead and give us a, a follow over there. Katie, can they, can they, I mean, I don't know if you're like out anywhere, other socials, or whatever, but is there anything you want to plug or you want to talk about where they could find you here at the end of the show? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can just find me on Instagram, I guess. <laughs> what, what, what's the tag? Uh, Katie with two E's, um, Chrome, C-R-O-M-B. Go look her up on Instagram, guys. Um, hope you guys all have a wonderful day. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.